KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, today's Thursday. We have the weekly shiur in topics in Hilchot Kashrut, given by Harav Asaf Bednash. Today, we will discuss the question of the kashras of dog food. You may already be wondering to yourself, why does dog food have to be kosher? After all, not only am I allowed to feed treif to my dog, but the Pasuk specifically suggests, we are specifically enjoined by the Torah to throw treif meat to the dogs. The Medrash explains this is the reward for their silence during the episode of Makat Bechorot in Mitzrayim. The question becomes, though, not one merely of dog food, but of Isurei Hana'ah. Granted that anything which is merely forbidden to eat, any machalot asurot, I can feed to my animals with impunity. However, Isurei Hana'ah, those foods which are forbidden to derive any benefit from, from, of course I cannot feed to my animals, because that is a means of deriving benefit. So, is contemporary pet food likely to be asur bahana'ah? We will see that there are other implications to this question which transcend the specific example of feeding animals. Is dog food I buy in the supermarket, in the supermarket likely to be asur bahana'ah? Well, most of the isurei hana'ah mentioned in the Torah are clearly not commonly found in dog food. Orla, Avodat Kochavim, Kla'ai HaKerem, most of the Yisuri Hana'ah we're familiar with are highly unlikely to be found on your supermarket shelves. However, one of them, Basar Bechalav, is a common ingredient in much pet food. A lot of good food, just as people who are not Jewish eat a lot of delicious food which is made by cooking meat with milk, so too a lot of nutritious animal food is made by combining the nutritional advantages of meat products and milk products. Basar Bechalav, we know, is Asur Bahana'ah. We're not allowed to derive any benefit from it. It's not exactly clear why. There are a whole bunch of different interpretations found in the Gemara in the 8th paragraph of Asachet Chulin. We seem to accept the interpretation the Shita that tells us that the Torah wrote three times not to cook a kid in its mother's milk. Once to teach us that one is not allowed to cook meat and milk. The second time to teach us that one is not allowed to eat meat and milk cooked together. The third to teach us that one is not even allowed to derive benefit from there is an Isur Hana'ah on Basar Bechalav. Therefore, if I accidentally somehow come into possession or create Basar B'chalav in my home, not only can't I eat it, but it was an Avera to cook it in the first place if I cooked it, it's an Avera to eat it, and I can't even sell it to a guy or even give it away to a guyish friend who will appreciate the favor, because that would be deriving benefit from Basar B'chalav, and I certainly cannot feed it to my animals. The whole discussion, which we won't get into now, whether or not I'm allowed to feed it to stray animals... But lemase, one should probably we are machmer and that as well. We don't feed basar or other isurei hanah to any animals 
Because if I feed an animal, even if I don't financially benefit from that, that is hana, that is benefiting from the forbidden substance, because I'm using it to accomplish the goal that I want to accomplish of feeding an animal, whether it belonged to me, whether it belonged to someone else, or whether it be stray. So, are dog foods likely to be Yisurei Hana'a? So that depends what the ingredients are. Obviously, if the ingredients do not contain meat and milk, then there's nothing to talk about. Even if the ingredients do contain meat and milk, the question is, what kind of meat does this food contain? Often, a dog food will be made with, instead of beef or chicken, with pork or other trafe meat. They probably make it with uh, horse meat too, just they don't tell us on the label. Um, But pork or horse meat, camel meat, any meat of a trace species of animal is no problem in dog food. The Shulchan Aruch tells us in Yerdea Siman Pezayin, Seif Gimel, Eino noheg ela bivsar behemat ha'orah bechalev behemat ha'orah. The Deoraita, the Torah prohibition of Basar Bechalav, only applies to meat of a kosher of a kosher species, cooked in milk of a kosher species. Aval Basar Torah Bechalev Tmeyah, Basar Tmeyah Bechalev Torah, Mutarim Vishulav Hanaa. However, if you take meat of a trace species, such as pork, or camel meat, or horse meat, um, and you cook it even in cow milk, or you take, which is an unlikely scenario nowadays, but you take beef and cook it in camel milk or pig milk, if either the meat or the milk is from a non-kosher species, then the Deoraita prohibition of Basar B'chalav does not apply. Of course, it's treif anyway, but it's not additionally treif from the Torah because of Basar B'chalav. And the... And even though the Rabbanan were often, it's a bit of a machloket here, the Torah and the Beit Yosef, whether Mid Rabbanan, they declared an Isur of Basar B'chalav in this case, but in any case, it is explicit in the Mishnah and Chulin that Asur Levash, that Mutar Levashel and Mutar Bahana'at, that in this case, it is only forbidden to eat, since it is not real Basar B'chalav, the other two prohibitions don't apply. There is no prohibition to cook it, and there is no prohibition to derive benefit from it. So as long as the ingredients of my dog food only list meat of a non-kosher species, such as uh, pork, pork with milk, we might think, ah, pork would be even less kosher than beef. But in fact, in certain circumstances, pork is more kosher. And this is one of them. While if I cooked went to the butcher and brought home beef and cooked it with milk. That would be basar b'chalav min Torah. There would be a triple isur of cooking, of eating, and of deriving benefit. As long as it's pork with milk, or any other meat of a non-kosher species, there is no prohibition of basar b'chalav, same explicit mission in chulin daf kofiyud gimel, and shulchan arachsim and peizayin, and I can buy it, I can feed it to my dog, I can even heat it if I so desired, although we don't commonly do that with dog food, because there is no prohibition of cooking or deriving benefit as long as it is meat of a non-kosher species. Where it gets tricky, however, is dog food whose ingredients list beef. 
and milk or milk products. Certainly, if I went to the butcher and brought home kosher beef and cooked it with milk, that would be a Torah prohibition of Basar B'chalav and I would be forbidden to feed it to my dog. But if I buy dog food, of course, that's not made with kosher meat. That's made with trace meat. Now, it's meat of a kosher species. It might be beef. Beef is a kosher species of animal. However, the meat was not shechted properly. And therefore, it would be nevela, unshechted meat. So, trace meat, but from a kosher species. So, does the Torah prohibition of Basar B'chalav apply to trace meat from a kosher species. Now, based on the psukim, the psukim only lists gedi. Since the psukim only talk about a discuss a kid and its mother's milk, we interpret that to mean that the Torah prohibition only applies to kosher species. What about non-kosher meat of kosher species? What about shoprite beef or um, or dog food made with unshechted beef? So this is very controversial. The Gemara in Chulin, Daf Kuf Yud Gimel Amud Bet, discusses a, not the exact same case, but a, parable, a parallel case. Hamavashel Chelev Becholov. What if one cooks the forbidden fats of an animal in milk? Forbidden fats seem to fall under the same halachic category as Nevela or Trefa as unshechted meat, or meat, meat which was shechted but found to have a fatal defect in one of the inner organs in that it comes from a kosher species, we're talking about chelev of a cow, but it is treif. So, the Gemara there brings a machloket, Rav Amin, Rav Asi, but the assumption seems to be that the Isur Bishal, the Isur of cooking chelev in chalav, forbidden fats in milk, or similarly nevela, unshechted meat in milk, applies minatora. One receives malchus for cooking it. However, the prohibition of eating of achilat basar b'chalav seems not to apply. Then there's a machloket here within the Amor M. Do we say that perhaps both Yisurim should apply since the Yisur Bishal applies, they should both apply, or since the Yisur Achilah applies, they should both not apply? We paskin in the end, however, that the Yisur Bishul applies and the Yisur Achilah does not. It is forbidden to cook treif in milk, but there is no of course there is a Torah prohibition because it's treif, but there is no additional Torah prohibition of basar b'chalav involved in eating chilev, in eating treif with milk. Why not? Because of the principle of ein isur chal al isur. A what Chazal tell us in Masechet Chulin here, as well as Masechet Yevamot, a few other places, that if something is already asur, is already forbidden by the Torah, a second prohibition cannot take effect if the first prohibition is still in effect. Can't have there is no double jeopardy in halacha. If something is already asur, a second prohibition will not take effect on it, except under limited circumstances. There are some exceptions. After all, there is a Mishnah in the third parak of Masechet Kritot that tells us you can eat one thing and be liable five karbanot for all the various avirot you did in eating it. 
So we will see there are some exceptions, but as a general rule, ain isur chal al isur. Therefore, the Rambam paskins that if you mix chalev with chalav, if you mix fat with milk, or you mix nevela, unshechted meat, with milk, ain isur chal al isur, it is forbidden to cook it because there was never any sort of cook treif meat or milk before. Now there's an Isur to cook. That's a new Isur. So one does violate a Torah prohibition by cooking it. But there is no Torah prohibition involved in eating it because it was already Asur to eat because it was Treif. And the Isur of Basim Chalav does not take effect if it is already Asur because it is Treif. Therefore, the <coughs> The Rambam explains, we derive a kula. If one cooks kosher meat with milk, it is forbidden to eat or to derive benefit from. But if one cooks treif meat and milk, such as the dog food company may have, they cook together a concoction of treif food and milk, then since it was already treif, the prohibition of Basar B'cholov does not take effect on it. Ain isur chal al isur. One prohibition does not take effect atop another prohibition. And therefore, it's not a sorbahana'ah. Since the prohibition of Basa B'cholam did not take effect, there is no prohibition to derive benefit from it. Therefore, the Rambam would tell you that since the, the Isur of Basar B'cholam did not, was not chal, did not take effect on this dog food, it is perfectly okay to feed it to your dog because if it's not Basar B'cholam, then it is not Asur B'hana'ah. There is no prohibition to derive benefit from it. The Ramban, on this Gemara in Chulin Daf Kufiud Gimel Bet, disagrees with the Rambam. He doesn't mention my name, but he disagrees. And he points out <coughs> that there are three cases in which we say Isur Chalal Isur. Under three circumstances, the Halakha tells us that one prohibition can take effect even atop another prohibition. One of them is Isur Batachat, if both prohibitions take effect at the same time. One of them is Isur Kolel, if one prohibition encompasses more objects than the other. If first, only a few objects were prohibited and a new prohibition took effect, which prohibits a larger number of objects, then that second prohibition, because of its broader scope, can take effect even atop the first prohibition. And the third case is Isur Mosif, is if the second prohibition adds more prohibited activities, prohibits more activities than used to be prohibited under the first prohibition. So the Ramban says that even though the Gemara says that the Isur Basar B'chalav does not take effect on tray foods, because Ein Isur Chal Al Isur, says that is not the opinion we follow the Halacha. That is the, another opinion which does not hold from the idea of Isur Mosif. But since we paskin that under three circumstances Isur Chal Al Isur, under three circumstances, a second prohibition can take effect atop of a first prohibition. Isur Batachat, Isur Kolel, and Isur Mosif. If they are simultaneous, or the second has a broader scope, or the second Isur prohibits more activities. Again, the difference being, Isur Kolel is if the second Isur prohibits the activity regarding more objects. Isur Mosif is if the second Isur prohibits more activities than the first one did. He says, Basar B'chalav is clearly an Isur Mosif on tray food. Tray food was only forbidden to eat, was only Asur Ba'achila. 
now that you cook it in milk, it also becomes Isur Bahana'ah. The Isur Basabacholov is Mosif. It adds that not only is eating forbidden, but deriving any benefit is forbidden. Since the second Isur is more of a prohibition than the first Isur, it is not redundant to the first Isur, and therefore it should take effect. So the Ramban and many other Rishonim as well, Paskin, that the Isur of Basar Bechalav can take effect even atop the Isur of treif meat. So if one cooks Nivela, unshefted meat in milk, if one cooks unshefted meat in milk, then since the Isur of Basar Bechalav is more prohibitive than the Isur of Nivela, now, the Isur Basar B'chalav takes effect, and this dog food is Asur for two reasons. It is both Nevela and Basar B'chalav, and if one eats it, one receives a double punishment for violating two Isurim, and if one derives benefit from it, one is liable for the Avera of deriving benefit from Basar B'chalav. Therefore, this dog food is worthless. You have to throw it in the garbage. You can't feed it to your dog. The Ramban brings a proof from the Mishnah in Kritot. The Mishnah says you can eat one little piece of meat and violate five prohibitions and have to bring five, if you did it out of ignorance, have to bring five karbanot, four karbanot chatat and one karban asham. Yesh ochel achila achat, chayava learba chatot v'asham echad, hatamei shachalta chelev v'ayenotar minimukdashim b'yom ha-kipurim. The first isor is chelev. This was the forbidden fats, the wrong part of the animal. And then the second isor was mukdashin. There was an animal, it had chilev, like all cows, take a cow for example, it has forbidden fats, and then your makdish, the cow, you consecrated it to be a karban. You said, this cow shall be a karban, let us say karban ola. Now, until now, the chilev of the cow, um, until now, the chilev of this cow was merely asur ba'achila. was only forbidden to eat. Now that you have made it hectish, it is asur to derive benefit from. The Gemara says explicitly in Masechet Kritot, Daf Yud Aleph, that chelev me'ikara lo asur elo ba'achila, akdashay migud yitosaf ba'isura chelev, that originally the chelev was only forbidden to eat, once you make this animal hectesh, now it is also forbidden to derive benefit from, and an isur hana'ah is chal al isur achilah, an isur of hana'ah, since it is considered isur mosif, itosva, the Gemara says, since it adds the prohibition of hana'ah, it can take effect atop the prohibition of treif of chilev. The Rabban says, since the Gemara tells us explicitly in Masechet Kritot, that an Isur Hana'ah, because it is Isur Mosif, it adds more prohibited activities, can take effect atop an Isur Achila. So too, when you cook Nevela, or Chelev, in milk, the Isur of Basar B'chalav, Izchal, does take effect on the Isur of Nevela, and it becomes Basar B'chalav. Since it becomes Basar B'chalav, it is forbidden to feed it to your dog. So says the Ramban. Tosafot also notices this uh, uh, a little early in Chulin Dafkaf Aleph, also notices this 
contradiction. Why does the Gemara and Chulin Daf Kuf Yud Gimel seem to assume that an Isur Hana'ah will not take effect on something which is already treif, but the Gemara in Kritot assumes that it would? Tosot assumes it is a machloka between the two sugyot. We have to decide which sugya we should paskin like. So both Tosfot and the Ramban agree, although they have slightly different explanations, that there seems to be a contradiction in the Gemara. In Kritot, the Gemara tells us explicitly that an Isur Hana'ah does take effect even upon food that was already forbidden to eat because it is Isur Mosif. It is a prohibition which prohibits more activities and is therefore not redundant and can therefore take effect. However, the Gemara in Chulun Daf Kofi Gimel Bet assumes that the prohibition of Basar B'chalav does not take effect on top of the prohibition of Treif of Machalot Asurot. And we have to decide which sugya really follows our halacha. And the Ramban tells us at least that we follow the Gemara in Kritot. We assume that the Isur Hana'a would take effect on top of an Isur Achila. Therefore, our dog food is Basar B'chalav and is Asur B'hana'a. What does the Rambam think? So the Rambam, in his parish to the Mishnah and Krito, tells us, in a striking formulation, We have a wondrous point, a very important, he tells us, there's a very important explanation that he has to point out regarding this halacha, which is nifla'a, which is wondrous, but... He adds, Because it is a key to understanding many other issues. And the Rambam tells us, this is what we would call a Lumdish approach, he says, the question of whether an Isur Hana'ah can take effect on top of an Isur Achila, whether an Isur Hana'ah is considered to be adding to be an Isur Mosef, to an Isur Achila, depends on which Isur Hana'a we're talking about. He says, in fact, there is no contradiction between the Sugyot. In Masechet Chulun, they were talking about the Isur Hana'a of Basar Bechalav. In Masechet Kritot, they were talking about the Isur Hana'a of Kadshim, of animals which were consecrated to bring in the Beit HaMikdash. The Isur of Mi'ila applies to them, it is forbidden to derive benefit from them by the prohibition of mi'ilah, of sacrilege. The Raman tells us that if you think about it, the Isur Hana'ah of Basar B'chalav and the Isur Hana'ah of mi'ilah, of deriving benefit from hektesh, from consecrated objects, are two totally different ballgames. If you ask, why is it prohibited to derive Hana'ah to derive benefit from Karbanot? The answer is clear. There is an independent prohibition to derive any benefit from Karbanot because these items were set aside for bringing to Hashem in the Beit HaMikdash and we may not derive any benefit from that which belongs, which has been consecrated to Hashem. That is an independent Isur Hana'ah in and of itself. On the other hand, however, the Isur Hana'ah of Basar B'chalav is not an independent prohibition. It says three times not to cook 
meat and milk. Once to teach us not to cook meat and milk, the second to teach us not to eat it, and the third to teach us not even to derive benefit from it. But meat and milk is basically a type of tray food. It is fundamentally forbidden to eat it. However, it is a tray food that is so strict that not only is it forbidden to eat, it is also forbidden to derive benefit from it. The Ramam explains that really, basar b'chalav is asur b'achila. Any tray food is really fundamentally only asur to eat. However, sometimes it is so strict that as a side effect or as an extension of the isur achila, not only is it forbidden to eat, it is even forbidden to derive other benefit from it, because deriving any benefit is in some way similar to eating it. The Ramam therefore tells us that when it comes to basar b'chalav, <coughs> really, basar b'chalav is only a sort of eat. As an extension of the isur of eating it, it is also a sort to derive benefit from. Therefore, the Ramam tells us, if you have, let us say, chelev or nevela or treifa, if you have treif food, treif meat, and then you cook it in milk, the prohibition of basar b'chalav is fundamentally just a an isur It's fundamentally a prohibition of eating. So this is already treif, you can't eat it. Now you're cooking it in milk. This is a redundant isor. It used to be asur to eat. Now you're making it asur to eat again. So this, since the main isor of basar v'chalav is only a prohibition to eat, and the prohibition deriving benefit is just an extension, it's just a side effect. It is not the main isor of basar v'chalav. When analyzing whether something ever becomes basar v'chalav, we look at the main isor. The basic Yisur Basar Chalav is an Yisur to eat. Therefore, the Yisur Basar Chalav is redundant to the Yisur of Nevela. What do you mean it's Asur to eat because of Basar Chalav? It was already Asur to eat anyway because it was treif. And the Yisur Basar Chalav is considered redundant and does not take effect, is not Chal, on top of the Yisur of Nevela. We ignore the fact that Basar B'chalav adds an Isur Hana'ah, adds a prohibition of deriving benefit, because that's not part of the basic Isur Basar B'chalav. That's just a side effect. If it would be Basar B'chalav, then as a side effect, it would also become Asur B'chalav. But when asking the question of whether it becomes Basar B'chalav in the first place, we must isolate the main Isur Basar B'chalav, which is the Isur to eat Basar B'chalav, and we say the Yisur of eating Basar B'cholov does not take effect on this dog food because it was Asur to eat anyway. This is as opposed to the case in Kritot, which was tray food, let's say the chilev of an animal, which you were maktish, to which you added an Yisur hektesh. The Yisur hektesh is not fundamentally basically an Yisur to eat, which also as a side effect prohibits deriving benefit. No, the Yisur of hektesh is fundamentally, primarily, firstly, and he served deriving benefit in Isra Hanah. One is not allowed to derive benefit from something which is intended for the benefit of Hashem in the Beit HaMikdash, and not for the benefit of a human being. Therefore, the Isra Hanah of Hekdesh will take effect on tray food, because that is a new Mosif, a new bigger Isra, because it is fundamentally and firstly an Isra Hanah, and he served deriving any benefit. However, the Isra of Basar B'chalav, which is primarily not an Isra Hanah, but primarily only an Isur Achila, an Isur to eat, is therefore redundant and cannot take effect on tray food. 
the Rambam seems to be Lishitate, is consistent with his Shita, in that he paskins, in that the Rambam paskins, in Helchot Me'ilah, Perak Aleph Halacha Gimel, that anyone who derives benefit from a consecrated object, from Hektesh, is Chayav Malkot, receives the prohibition of Malkot for violating a negative commandment of the Torah. However, in Hochot Machalot Asurot, Perak Fet Halacha Tetzayin, the Rambam says, Kol Ma'achal Shu Asur Bahana'im Nehenev Lo Achal, Eino Lo that if one derives benefit from other Yisurei Hana'ah, such as Basar Bechalav, etc., then there is no prohibition of Malkot. In when it comes to the food type of Yisurei Hana'ah, the Ramam assumes that the primary prohibition is only eating it. The Yisurei Hana'ah is a secondary prohibition, is a side effect, is an outgrowth or an extension. Therefore, one does not get the punishment of Malkot unless one violates the main prohibition, the primary prohibition of eating, but not for violating the secondary prohibition of deriving benefit. Now, luckily then, the Rambam follows a consistent shita. When it comes to mi'ilah, the prohibition of deriving benefit from hekdesh, the primary isur is an isur hana'ah. Therefore, number one, one is chayav malkot for deriving benefit from a karban. And number two, since it is primarily an isur hana'ah, the prohibition of mi'ilah, of deriving benefit from hekdesh, does take effect even on tray foods, because they used to be only a sort to eat. Now, there are sorts to derive benefit from, so this is really a new isur, which can take effect. However, when it comes to basar b'chalav, or, uh, or other types of food prohibitions, which are asur b'hana'ah, the Rambam is mechadesh, the Rambam teaches us a new approach, that fundamentally there are only asur to eat. The main primary isur is an isur achila. Only as an outgrowth or side effect of that, did the Torah also prohibit deriving any benefit. Since it is primarily only forbidden to eat, then, number one, you only get the punishment of Malkut if you eat it, which is the primary sort, not if you do the secondary sort of deriving benefit from it. And, number two, if the food is already treif, meat is already treif, and you cook it in milk, since primarily we're dealing with an Yisur the primary prohibition of Basar B'chalav is only to eat Basar B'chalav, we say this is a redundant prohibition. It was already a sur to eat. Now you want to make it a sur to eat again? Ain isur chalal isur, redundant isurim do not take effect. Therefore, it never becomes basar b'chalav. Since it never becomes basar b'chalav, the side effect of basar b'chalav doesn't apply either. And it is not a sur and one may sell dog food uh, or feed it to your pet. The Ramban, however, as quoted by the Mishnah Melech, in the fifth parak of Hilchot Yisodei Torah, is also consistent. The Ramban tells us that if one derives benefit from Basar B'chalav, one is liable for the punishment of Malkot. Because the Ramban holds that primarily the Isur of Basar B'chalav is an Isur Hana'ah. The Isur Hana'ah is not a secondary side effect or an extension. It is primarily an Isur Hana'ah. Therefore, one is Lokeh, receives the punishment of Malkot for deriving benefit, and the Yisur of Basar B'chalav can't take effect even on tray food 
because it is an Isser Mosif, it is a new, bigger Isser, because even in the primary stage, it prohibits not only eating, but deriving benefit. So Halakha according to the Rambam, one can feed your dog dog food, no matter what the ingredients are, but according to the Ramban, you can feed your dog dog food if it has no meat, only milk, or no milk, only meat, or milk and meat of a trace species. But if it has milk and meat, if it has milk and beef, milk and meat of a kosher species, even though that meat is treif, it still becomes basar b'chalav, and as a sorba hana'an, you can't feed it to your dog. Halachalama said the dogul mervava, in Yerodea Svein Pezayin, Seif Gimel, quotes the Rambam, and tells us that even though not everyone agrees with the even though not everyone agrees with the Rambam. He says, The Dagomer Vavim makes a compromise and tells us that ideally one should be machmer, one should not buy this dog food. However, if there's a loss of money at stake, let's say someone already, someone owns a farm, let's say, and invested a lot of money, spent money, money they can't afford to lose, buying animal food which contains beef or sheep or cow meat mixed with milk and cooked, then if there's a loss of money at stake, one can be made and rely on the opinion of the Rambam. The Petchet Shuvah there, Simon Pezayin of Cut and Vav, quotes this Dagom Evav as well, but tells us that the Prima Gadim and the Chsam Sofer and a number of other um, Achronim Paskin against the Rambam. They reject the Schiddish of the Rambam, the Nekud is apparently just a bit too wondrous for them to accept. They paskin that under all circumstances, one may not derive benefit from treif meat cooked in milk. Halacha l'ma'aseh then, anything which is made of meat cooked in milk, even if it is made from treif meat, would be asur would be prohibited to derive benefit from, even if there was a big loss of money at stake, in which case the Doglomer Vava would permit deriving benefit from it, many great Achronim, such as the Prima Gadim and the Chsam Sofer, would forbid it. And it would seem in most circumstances that even if there was a loss of money at stake, we should be machmer about this question. And it seems certainly, seeing as how, according to the Ramban and others who disagree with the Ramban, we are dealing with an Isur Doraita, a Torah prohibition here. Therefore, Halachalama said, it seems that we should be machver against the Rambam and assume that all meat of a kosher animal cooked with milk, even if it was treif meat, so long as it came from a kosher species, becomes bas and is asor bahana'ah. Therefore, when shopping for dog food again, if there's no milk, you're fine. If there's no meat, you're fine. If the only meat is pork or non-kosher species, that's also okay. Likewise, if there's no meat but only chicken or turkey, or other poultry, chicken cooked in milk, is not a surbahana'a, and that would be permitted. However, anything which is made by cooking beef with milk or milk products, even though that beef was treif, would be a surbahana'a and forbidden to buy and feed to your dog. This question also comes up in uh, evaluating the halachic status of someplace like McDonald's or other treif restaurants, in treif restaurants, they often cook dishes which combine beef with milk. And in McDonald's, I'm not exactly sure, do they actually cook the meat and milk together? Exactly what do they do? But it's certainly 
quite possible that in many of the dishes they prepare in various trafe restaurants involve cooking meat with milk, without getting into the various details of what's considered cooking halakhically. According to the Rambam, as long as they use trafe meat, which I'm sure they do, then there is no Isur involved. There is no prohibition to derive benefit from the food in these restaurants. However, since we are machmir against the Rambam, we would say that even though they're combining treif meat with milk, as long as it's meat from a kosher species of animal, from an animal and from an animal whose species is kosher, even if the meat has not been shechted and is therefore treif, that would still be considered basar b'cholav and asar and this would potentially create problems without getting into the details, but at least bring up a, sha- a, a halachic question, a shayla, in terms of owning stock in such uh, companies, having an interest in such restaurants, um, or even smelling the delicious basar b'cholav cooked in these restaurants, since basar b'cholav is a sorbana, all of these cases could potentially be halachically problematic, but uh, getting into the specifics of each would take us beyond the confines of today's shear.